What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Oh, 
welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, welcome to part three of the odds and ends of the year 1991. If you have no idea what's going on, please go back two episodes to part one and I'll explain everything. And you're going to want to get on board right then and there. If you've been on board the whole time, thank you so much. Of course, especially we're going to just dive headfirst into part three. We're going over the edge. Just like that song, your opening track there, yes, it was called Over the Edge by L.A. Guns. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, self, now, I know that song Over the Edge by L.A. Guns. I'm a cool guy or a cool gal, but, uh, you know, I know that to be on a proper studio album. L.A. Guns, Hollywood Vampires record, their third record. And, and you'd be right to assume that, but just in case you didn't know... It's also an odd and in. Now, I'm doing that thing I did on part one where I'm kind of cheating a little bit and shoehorning something in. I'll tell you why here. Number one, and if you were a betting person, you definitely want to put your money on Hollywood Vampires being in the top albums list of 1991. But with that record, I have so many songs in there that I love. I was like, you know, there's something else I want to play on here, but Over the Edge is such an undeniable song for me. It's one of my all-time favorite songs, actually. But, as luck would have it, it gets to be an odd and end as well. So I get to rep two songs off of Hollywood Vampires. The odd and end that Over the Edge represents is the soundtrack to the great film, one of my favorite movies of all of 1991. And I mean that. I watch it pretty much every year. I intend this movie very non-satirically. I think it's got a lot of good philosophy in it as well. But it's also fun. The great Point Break. Yes, starring Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, Laurie Petty. Gary Busey, of course, and of course, the massively underappreciated and underrated John C. McGinley. Okay, so yes, Over the Edge from the Point Break soundtrack officially here for the Odds and Ends Part 3, 1991. That's what kicks off this show in fine fashion. And the other reason I wanted to put it on this particular episode for Part 3 is even though I have really, really enjoyed myself on these first two parts of the Odds and Ends of 1991, to me, part three is the best of the bunch. So, yes, let's get back into the music here. Some of my all-time favorite odds and ends of all time, but especially from the year 1991. And another song from the Sunset Strip area, for sure, representing, albeit from a band originally from the Midwest, but we love them anyway, Poison. So Poison put out their inevitable live album, double live album, actually, called Swallow This Live in 1991. And much more in the vein of Kiss Alive 2 than Kiss Alive 1, although I'm sure the intention was to be more like Alive 1. Uh, I enjoy Swallow This Live. It gets shit on a lot. Uh, but here, here you go. Speaking of the Kiss Alive albums, and, and maybe not so much comparing them to Swallow This Live, but I will say, unlike a lot of live albums, not just those, but unlike a lot of live albums, I truly believe that Swallow This Live has probably zero sweetening on it. I mean, I'm sure maybe there's a lot of crowd sweetening here and there, but I don't know. At the time, they were super-duper happening, so I think those crowds are probably on the level. I think that live album is not doctored at all. Like, very little, if that. So that's my opinion and theory on it. So I like Swallow This Live. I think it's a good timestamp from uh, where Poison was at on the Flesh and Blood tour. And, you know, like I said, it's that Kiss thing. They do three studio albums, and you do the live album. That's perfect cycle. Three, four albums, 
then you do your live one. But like I said, much like a live two, it comes with, you know, four studio songs at the very end. I think it's three or four studio songs. And the kickoff single from the studio side of the release uh, was actually a single as well. And I think it's a kind of an underappreciated song. It's like hard pop perfection, in my opinion. And I, I like this song so much, I even own the 12-inch vinyl of it. So yes, I am a nerd, but I have a little bit of an extra affinity for Poison, because like I said, my first concert. So here you go, to represent the Swallow This Live album without a live track. Uh, but yeah, check this out. Here's the studio song from Swallow This Live called... So tell me why.
Alright, so Tell Me Why by Poison right there. Studio track from the Swallow This Live record. I don't know if you out there ever saw the video for this at this time, but, you know, I, I didn't even think about it at the time, obviously, because I wasn't so inside. I mean, I was reading Metal Edge already by then and Rip and all that stuff, but I never really put two and two together that bands would put stuff kind of out there on a video. But the band was clearly falling apart by the time, you know, Swallow This Live was running its cycle. And if you watch that video, it's pretty much just Brett Michaels on the set of the video, just filming stuff, if there's any original stuff to film. From what I remember, I think that was the case. I think he's just lip-syncing it on a sound set, and they use some stock footage of the band from different videos and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's very telling, let's just say. And, yeah, CC would be fired after this, you know, of course, after the disastrous VMA performance. It would, that was either 91 or 92. I can't even remember now. I think... It, yeah, no, it had to be 91, because there's no way they played on the same episode Nirvana was on. Uh, but yeah, so 91, CC shows up, bombed out of his mind with the stupid pink hair, even though I, I lo <laughs> kind of loved it, honestly. I like CC a lot, even though I know he's probably very difficult to work with, especially at this time. Uh, but imagine if CC and David Lee Roth had been in a band together at this point. Uh, anyway, okay, just the what if. Uh, but yeah, Poison would be a very different band by the time their next album would roll around. So perhaps maybe more on that in future episodes. All right, from Poison to a different LA band that's completely different, that probably hates Poison, maybe to this day, I don't know. Maybe they secretly love them. Maybe it's just a front, but there was definitely a big divide here. Uh, but I love both bands, so here you go. Gonna get into some Megadeth right here, and once again, yet another entry from the Bill & Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack. Man, this was one of my songs of the entire year. I was very excited when this song came out, and I played it over and over and over again. Love it. Even love that weird-ass video that comes along with it. Uh, so yes, the death scene right here from Bogus Journey when they get thrown off the cliff, straight off the set of Star Trek, by their evil robot selves. Spoiler, but here you go. Here's a killer track right here by Megadeth. This is Go to Hell.
song that definitely gave me high hopes for the studio follow-up of Rust in Peace. And then the year after that, I get Countdown to Extinction, and in my head, the crowd went mild. Yes, that is a very unpopular opinion by myself, but that's what I believe. But right there, Go to Hell, super strong track right there by Megadeth. And you're also probably thinking, hey, were they ripping off Metallica there now? I, I don't know, because unless there were studio moles on both ends of the fence right here, I'm not sure which band decided to do the little kid's prayer first, whether it was Metallica with Inner Sandman or Megadeth here with Go to Hell, because basically the releases of this song and the Black Album are so close together, I don't know. I could tell you technically that Megadeth came first, uh, the release of this song, so I'm going to say Megadeth were the originators of that. I'm just going to go with that. That's how I feel, because I'm definitely more of a Megadeth guy than a Metallica guy, although I do go back and forth quite a bit, especially from a personal standpoint. I mean, from a personal standpoint, Metallica has it over Megadeth in spades, because they're actually all pretty decent citizens. And for the most part, the Megadeth guys are kind of pieces of shit. Uh, Marty Friedman aside... Marty Freeman and honestly probably Chris Poland are probably the two best living representations of Megadeth members. And non-coincidentally, they're both ex-members. I heard Nick Menza was a nice guy too, but there you go. Okay, there's my little social commentary there on Megadeth. Uh, but I, I still like their music so much that I do give them a musical pass. At least none of them were like heavy Trumpers publicly at least. Okay, let's move on here let, 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 before I get too off fucking topic. Let's continue on with some of the best music ever, especially in the year 1991. Sticking with, uh, you know, and, and here's another little shoehorn thing I'm doing right here. Although this song was originally intended for a soundtrack and the soundtrack was released here in 1991. So honestly, the person involved with this song actually shoehorned this song onto their album later because of the fact that this song did so well on the soundtrack that preceded his studio album. Everybody got that? Okay talking about the great national treasure ice t he put out a killer song on the new jack city soundtrack called new jack hustler and in parentheses nino's theme but this is definitely one of the hottest ice t tracks of all time and he's got some scorchers out there but this one is probably his best top to bottom just lyrical flow ever i saw him kill this on the arsenio hall show when he came out came out in a badass fur coat and he just destroyed this song. Just straight talent right here. And believability in the lyrics for sure. Because there's a little bit of personal journey in here. Obviously it's a work of fiction. But also he knows a little something about it. Go check out his book. The Ice Opinion. I heavily recommend it. So here you go. One of the great rap tracks of all time. And it rocks like hell. This is Ice-T with New Jack Hustler. Word, I pull the trigger long, grip my teeth, spray to every nigga's gone. Got my block sewn on my dope spots. Last thing I sweat, so suck a punk cop. Move like a king when I roll hop. You try to flex, bang, another bang. nigga drop. You gotta deal with this, cause in the way out. Why? Cash money ain't never gonna play out. I got nothing to lose, much to gain. In my brain, I got a capitalist migraine. I gotta get paid tonight. You motherfucking right, taking my grip. Check my bitch, keep my game tight. So many hoes on my jock, think I'm a movie star. 19, I got a $50,000 car. Go to school, I ain't going for it. Kiss my ass, bust the cap on the Moet. Cause I don't wanna hear that crap. Why? Why? I 
I'd rather be a new jack hustler. Hustler. Yo, man, you know what I'm saying? You got it going on, my man. I like how it's going down. You got the flat cloth, the girls, the jewels. Look at that ring right there. I know it's real. It's got to be real. Man, you're the flyest nigga I've seen in my life. Yo, man, I just want to roll with you, man. How can I be damn? What's up? You say you want to be down east back. A motherfucker get beat down out my face. Fool, I'm the illest. Bulletproof. I die harder than Bruce Willis. Got my crew in effect. I bought a new Jag. So much cash. It in hefty bags, all I think about is cheese and cheese. Imagine that, me working at Mickey D's. That's a joke, cause I'm never gonna be broke. When I die, I'll be bullets and gun smoke. You don't like my lifestyle, fuck you. Fuck you. I'm rolling with the new Jack crew. And I'm a hustler. H-U-S-T-L-E-R, hustler. New Jack, new Jack, new Jack, hustler. New, 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 new Jack, hustler. New Jack, new Jack, new Jack, hustler. is weighed on the skills of a triple beam you don't come here much and you better not wrong move Bang! ambulance cop i gotta get more money than you got so what if some motherfucker gets shot that's how the game is played another brother slain the wound is deep but they giving us a band-aid my education's low but i got long going reads like a pit bull my heart pumps nitro sleep on silk lie like a politician my ooze is my best friend cold as a mortician lock me up to genocidal catastrophe there'll be another one after me a hustle And if you think out there that going from Megadeth to Ice-T is like some big freaking stretch, then obviously you haven't been paying attention because Dave Mustaine actually did appear on, I think, the second to latest body count record. So 
Not a stretch at all. Ice-T is freaking rock and roll. He doesn't have to keep making excuses. Ice-T is a freaking rock star. Way more interesting than pretty much almost any other created rock star of the last couple of decades. All right, this next song is definitely one of the more obvious tracks you will hear in the entirety of this 1991 Super Spectacular, but I feel like this song is so undeniable, and I still love this song. I still get a kick out of it. I love playing it on the guitar. I kind of love everything about this song, even though this song is called Everything About You, and they claim that they hate everything about you. I love it as much as the hate spews forward in this song. Yes, Ugly Kid Joe made their debut in 1991 with their EP as a play on Two Live Crews, as nasty as they want to be, called As Ugly As They Want to Be. This is all my head. No Wikipedia. Not on this show. Okay. Uh, but yeah, As Ugly As They Want to Be, super fun EP right here. It's got all the songs that, you know, they'd remake some of these songs, of course, later on their full-fledged, full-length studio album, America's Least Wanted. Uh, but, you know, for my money, of course, I don't need freaking Julia Sweeney throwing her pat voice at the beginning of this song. I just want Klaus's clean-ass DGA doing it beautifully right here to open up this killer, for me, now classic track right here. So here you go. Turn it up like you're listening to it for the first time on Z-Rock like I did. Here's Ugly Kid Joe with Everything About You.
track that if you were a regular MTV watcher I believe appeared on both Headbangers Ball and 120 Minutes and that makes it super extra cool in my book you know that that's reserved for stuff like you know Nine Inch Nails, Primus, Fishbone that kind of stuff so yes Ugly Kid Joe everything about you from as ugly as they want to be uh, of course go check out as ugly as they want to be for the little fun little sweet leaf bonus cover on there you know, Funky Fresh Country Club, Madman, the original Madman, of course. Man, I I think it's just a fun record. It's 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 a Z Rock classic, as I call it. So, all right. I know I've said this a lot on this episode, but this is definitely one of my favorite songs of '91 and of all time. And I might have already referenced the soundtrack at the beginning of the episode. No, I totally did. But this is from Two Great Odds and Ends. Number one, the Point Break soundtrack. But number two. Uh, for my money, one of the all-time greatest best-of albums of all time. Easily. Rats, Rat and Roll, 8191. Now, you know, I believe that Motley kind of stole their thunder with their 8191 Decade of Decadence, but, you know, and, and that's great. I love me some Decade of Decadence. I have a soft spot for it. You know, I would put that on a desert island for me if you're talking just single discs, single cassette releases, whatever you want to call it. Love me some Decade of Decadence, but... I do believe that Rat and Roll 8191 is one of the absolute must-own comps ever. It's one of the best best-ofs, for sure, because I love me some Rat, but clearly they've got a lot of filler on their albums, much like Motley, for sure. They definitely got a lot of filler, too. But, you know, I just don't think that anything is greatly missed off of this comp. So it's just a perfect best-of. All the singles... Plus, even some of the lesser-known songs, maybe some of the flop singles, it's all on there. And some killer songs from Detonator, and it closes off with this song that they did for Point Break. And it's a perfect closer. Can't say enough nice things about it. I was fortunate enough to see them play this song live back in 09 at Rocklahoma. Oh, great stuff. Got some chills right there. So come along with me, but don't forget to pay your admission because uh, nobody rides for free.
Another thing that makes Rat and Roll 8191, if I may go on about it, uh, if, one of the things that makes it one of the great compilations of all time is it's truly the document of the entire era of the classic lineup of Rat. It's the beginning and the very end of the Robin Crosby section of the band, something that once he was gone, they honestly never recovered from. Even though Infestation is a pretty damn cool record, this whole, you know, the first five records in this song right here, Nobody Rides for Free, it's just encapsulated all in this release. And that's what makes it perfect, in my opinion. That's definitely something I would take on the Desert Island. Like I said, I take Decade of Decadence on there too. Uh, but in retrospect, it kind of suffers just a little bit from the remixing of some of the classic songs. And I don't mind the remixes. They're not bad. They're definitely different. And, you know, initially my brain was all about these remixes because... Honestly, I owned Decade of Decadence before I owned physical copies of, you know, Too Fast for Love and Shout the Devil. I'm going to be totally honest with you. All my friends had those records, so I never felt the need to buy them. But Decade of Decadence was my record that I bought, like, without getting a second-gen copy on cassette or anything like that. So, love me some Decade of Decadence. Not hating on it. And, you know, so much so that I couldn't pick between my two favorite, you know, new release songs on here. Of course, you know, you could say technically that Home Sweet Home 91, you know, is part of the new set too. And we're not going to talk about Angela because I, I don't feel anything about that song. But for me, and I've, I'm sure for most people, the two big songs, the two new songs on there, Primal Scream and Anarchy in the UK, go so well together. I love it. I, this is just, honestly, this is my favorite era of Motley. You know, who doesn't love the first two albums and everything? And I came in during theater and I have a little bit of a soft spot for girls. It was cool to see them finally achieve super fame on Dr. Feelgood, but there's something about this 91 period where they did those handful of shows and just, you know, gigging around in Europe because they didn't do a U.S. thing. They just did the handful of shows for Monsters of Rock. They did that show at the Marquee. Chris Riley, if you were at any of those shows, let me know. I'm sure you were at least at one of them, maybe at least a few. But man, there was just some, they just looked the coolest I think they ever did. Vince was like super skinny and actually probably sounding pretty decent live uh, by that token. And I watched the shit out of the home video, the Decade of Decadence 8191 home video. Still scratching my head completely as to why it was never released digitally on DVD, because that's one of the best home videos ever. It's got every music video up until that point, and there's some fun stuff in between all the videos. Uh, I, I really got to get around to making a, a, a bootleg copy of that on disc, which I can do, and I will do. But until then, check out these killer, killer new tracks from Motley Crue's Decade of Decadence 8191. We're going to kick things off, of course, with Primal Scream, and then close off the main set before we get to the encore right here with uh, the Johnny Rotten-approved cover of Anarchy in the UK. Share this one with the neighbors. Go ahead.
right, Motley Crue right there with some cool new material to include in the Decade of Decadence, you know, to get the hardcore fans to buy it. But, of course, we would have bought it anyway, you know. Man, I love everything about Decade of Decadence. I got shirts for it. Uh, even the tape was cool because it had a multiple fold-out, like not just left to right but up and down. Remember when tape started to do that? It just blew my mind. It even had a back cover. Uh, but, yeah, the CD, bigger fold-out. Like I said, the band looks so freaking cool at that point. Uh, so, yeah, it was just a shame. That's... Really what made me really heartbroken over the breakup after that point. Anyway, but let's enjoy the good times and uh, harken back to when Motley wasn't embarrassing us on a weekly basis. Especially you, Vince, looking at you. Looking at you, Vince. Mick Mars is the only true real deal in that band. And I hate to say that, but it is the absolute truth. No bullshit with Mick. And he has never embarrassed himself once uh, as a fan for me personally. So you go, Mick. All right, like I said, that closed off the main set, but we have a little bit of an encore here and a killer epic encore, if I do say so. This one really, honestly, has to be my favorite odd and end of the entirety of 1991. And I've played some killer tracks on this particular episode, but this is truly great right here. Uh, it's an event song, as I like to call it. And I really, truly don't believe we've achieved this level of greatness since then as it comes to putting these two genres together, you know? course after the other big first event for the rap hard rock thing to combine you know run dmc and aerosmith doing walk this way of course the second biggest moment has to be without question anthrax and public enemy getting together and covering bring the noise and as a whole i love the attack of the killer bees you know compilation it's just a mishmash of covers live performances half covers you got to hear it to know what i'm talking about and just it's a super fun record and i remember even charlie benante saying when anthrax was working on the volume 8 record he used killer bees as a template of pacing as like hey let's genre jump more and let's just make this more of a fun sequenced album to listen to it doesn't have to be serious all the time and so as a big volume 8 fan i totally get that out of it uh, but yeah man i wore the crap out of killer bees on cassette and, you know, I just read the liner notes over and over and over again. And every time if I would get a tape of Headbangers Ball where they had Bring the Noise on there, or hell, even a UMTV Raps episode, because, of course, that's got to be the only video in the history of the channel to be played on both. If I had to guess, I don't think there's another one, is there? No, there can't be, right? Anyway, if you know, let me know. But this has to be it. Uh, but every time I get this video on, on VHS, just recording on a timer... I would rewind it and watch this like three, four times minimum. It's just the video's got all the energy. The song has all the energy. It's one of the greatest things that's happened to music ever. Fight me. I will win. So here you go. Starting off our two-song encore here, this is Anthrax and Public Enemy doing an updated 91 version of Public Enemy's Bring the Noise. <laughs> What a brother know once again back is the incredible Rhyme animal, the uncannable D Public enemy number one, five bulls and threes And I got numb, can I do Never really, never had a gun But it's the wax that determined it to x Got it, got me in a cell, put my records they sell Cause a brother like me said, well There comes a problem and I think you wanna listen to What he can say to you, what you ought to do is follow For now, how are the people say, make a miracle D, I'm the miracle, black is back all in We're gonna win, check it out Yeah, y'all, come on Here we go again Turn it up Bring it up! 
on the rope cause the beats and the lies are so dope Listen for lessons, I'm saying it's our music that the critics are blasting me for They'll never care for the brothers and sisters Why cause the country has a soul for the war We got to get them straight, come on now They're gonna have to wait till we get it right Radio stations I question their blackness They call us a black, but we'll see them the latest Turn it up Bring the noise The crowd runs to me, my DJ is warm, his ex, I call him Norm, you know He can cut a record from side to side, so what the ride the guy to be much safer than a suicide Soul control beat is the father of your rock and roll Music for what you're for which and you call a bad man Making a music, a music, but you can't do it, you know You call them demos, but we ride demos too What you gonna do, rap is not afraid of you Beat is for Sonny Bono, beat is for Yo Bono Run the MC, but say the DJ couldn't be a bad Stand out of his own feet, get you out your seat Beat is for Eric B and LL as well, hell Wax is for Anthrax, still like your rock bell Ever forever, universal and will sell Time for me to exit, Right. Maybe a little teaser there for the best albums of 1991. Not that Anthrax had a new album out in 91, but Public Enemy sure did. So stay tuned. If you're a betting person, bet on Public Enemy making that list. But yes, Bring the Noise, Anthrax, Public Enemy, one of the great musical moments of all time. Let's see, you can find that song on Anthrax's Attack of the Killer Bees, Public Enemy's Apocalypse 91, Anthrax's Anthrology No-Hit Wonders Collection, Anthrax's Return to the Killer A's, you get the idea. Uh, There's a live version of Public Enemy and Anthrax doing that, I believe, at the Garden on the Island Live Years thing. Uh, But yeah, it's on every good cop by both of those bands, worth their weight in gold. I love Bring the Noise, obviously I do. Okay. Let's get on to the closer, the big epic closer here tonight. You're, you're, you're probably asking yourself, what could you possibly play to make this episode any more special? So I really went out of my way not just to play the song that you've heard over and over again. I have been talking up my favorite movie soundtrack of 1991 for these last three parts here, the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack. Now I'm thinking to myself, man, I want to make this spectacular, super special and spectacular because... By definition, right? So I knew that I had the audio pieces to fit this in, and I didn't want to just rip it off of YouTube or something. This is actually my personal remix of this moment at the end of the film. And 
I'll tell you why you know I'm not lying. First of all, you're not going to hear movie dialogue or any of that other bullshit on my track here. Now, back sometime in the 2000s, Steve Vai put out a bunch of vault releases, and I think it was called the Elusive Light and Magic, I want to say, or Light and Sound, something like that. It's, it's a real over-the-top kind of title. He put out this whole box set series that he sold on his fan club, but some of them made it out into stores, and I have a couple of them. The one I definitely went out of my way to buy was a compilation of all of his film score pieces. Now, if you didn't know, Steve actually has done film score for a bunch of random films. Uh, he worked on Ghost of Mars, John Carpenter movie. He worked on PCU, which I love that movie. Of course, his work in Crossroads, the Cutting Heads duel with Ry Cooter right there. And, yes, he did all the score for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Now, for those of you that have seen the film, and if you don't want spoilers, cut this off now. I totally get it. But you've probably seen it. And you know that they play Kiss's Guy Gave Rock and Roll to you at the end. And obviously you're like, well, that version sounds different than the one on the soundtrack or the one I've heard on Revenge by Kiss. And you're right. So basically th that audio right there at the end of the film takes Steve Vai's solo work that he did for that particular scene. And then they, you know, splice in Kiss's God Gave Rock and Roll to you too. Now that's basically what I'm doing here, but these are actually from the original audio thing. So I'm taking it from the Steve Vai collection and I edited that you know, kind of interpolated it into the KISS track from the soundtrack version, not the Revenge version, but of course the original soundtrack version from Bill and Dead's Bogus Journey. Yes, I am a nerd. I get it. Let's get to the song. Okay, so this is my remix version of the last scene in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and I did this myself, and it was hell to match up the beat, but thankfully they are both in tune with each other, and it totally works. I dig it. It's going to be a little loud, but hey, this show is nothing if it's not loud, so check it out. Here is Kiss with special guest Steve Vai and the movie remix of God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2. Enjoy. And, of course, party on, dudes. <laughs> Yeah. 
Closing off the odds and ends of the year 1991 and getting us ready for the ultimate top albums of 1991 countdown in fine fashion. That was Kiss with a little help at the beginning, a third of the song right there from Steve Vai. My own personal mix of God Gave Rock and Roll to You Too, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey right there, best soundtrack of 1991. Not that it had a ton of competition, but they really brought it for the most part. My apologies to Scott and the boys from King's X for not including Junior's Gone Wild from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey right there. Uh, My fifth favorite song on the soundtrack. It's a good song. I feel like four songs in three parts was just the right amount. Five might have been overkill, but I do like the song. Sorry, Scott. Sorry, King's X. But 
Uh, and by the way, speaking of Scott, Scott, I'm just going to send you this track. Send me, you know, your email address or something like that. For the rest of you out there, if you go out of your way to promote this episode and, you know, maybe in the quote of the whole post thing, let your friends out there know how much you enjoyed the odds and ends of 1991 and how much you're looking forward to the top albums of 1991. If you do that, if you post that in the status, of course, tag me in it. That way I'll see it. If you do that, I will PM you and get your email address or whatever if you'd like me to send you that mix. You can have that actual mix in your own personal digital library. I guarantee it. Nice little promotion I would like to do for Rock Strikes 10. Maybe get a few extra ears on it. You know, let them know that you can go to CNJ Radio and all that stuff and Spotify and listen to the show. But that all being said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to these three parts here from the odds and ends of 1991 overkill yeah i know i'm just promoting the hell out of it but yes get ready for the big top albums countdown of 1991 and in almost no time after that you'll be enjoying the top albums and songs from the year 2001 but before all of that i'm going to send you over to my better half nola with the plugs and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business take it away nola we would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today you can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens Ruby and Ripley get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next level branded shirt and a button send us an email or direct message for more details or to order please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening liking subscribing and sharing our official website is cnjradio.com you can visit this site for all episodes of rock strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one while you're on cnjradio.com check out these other quality shows the Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.